All right. We are live. Well, as live as we're going to get. Welcome to episode 64 of The Sedated Man. Today's is family and business, an interview with Dave Woodward. Dave, thank you very much for being here. I'm excited. Thanks so much for having me. This will be fun. Oh, absolutely. So for a lot of my listeners, they don't necessarily know who you are. So why don't you give us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Again, Dave Woodward. I've run all of our top line revenue and business development opportunities here at ClickFunnels. I've had the opportunity of uh, being here really since the beginning. It's been a fun ride. We've got uh, just a, almost a 90,000 customers currently. And with that, uh, it's been the journey of any entrepreneur of the ups and downs. And uh, we've uh, been fortunate to be blessed uh, that it's actually turned out okay. And so we're excited about it. That's awesome. Now, obviously, you didn't start out in ClickFunnels. What did you do before ClickFunnels? Uh, right prior to ClickFunnels, I've had my own marketing consulting agency, and I've done that uh, for the last, gosh, probably 10 years prior to that. Mm -hmm. I got involved in marketing uh, early 2000s and just fell in love with it. Uh, we Prior to that, I've been involved in employee benefits and a financial services firm, which we uh, started in Texas. I took it out to California. We sold that. And my passion and what I found out real fast was I enjoyed the marketing more than anything else. And so I uh, started a couple of different companies and then ended up uh, just uh, falling in love with uh, really kind of the agency model and uh, working and did a lot of agency work. Also ended up, some of my major clients happened to be financial services and mortgage companies. I very quickly realized I could, uh, since I was one generating the leads on the mortgage side, I might as well just start a mortgage company. So I did that and uh, rode that wave up and rode it crashing down. Uh, yeah, got, in, got involved with uh, flipping a lot of houses since I created the problem. I might as well take, take advantage of it. So did a lot of that uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010. And just have really had a, I have been an entrepreneur since I, as long as I can remember. Uh, never really, <laughs> I guess I'm highly unemployable. And because of that, I uh, just spent a whole bunch of time just trying to figure out how to actually make money. Yeah. Well, you know, they say, they say uh, business owners make the worst employees anyway. Uh, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, all right. So, I primarily brought Dave on here because he's very faith-based and, and that is a huge factor. He has his own podcast and I'll have a link to that podcast in the show notes. But uh, your family, you have how many boys? We have four boys. And no girls? No, we don't. Uh, my wife and uh, a dog, I guess, is a girl. Actually, now I have a daughter. My oldest son got married, so I have a yeah, daughter-in-law. So we daughter actually have a new, a new addition, and we're very excited to have Fran as part of the family. Yeah. Well, I've got you beat by one boy. I have five boys. <laughs> there you so, go. <laughs> so how, did, how exactly uh, – obviously, what I want to get across here is to Christian men is a lot of Christian men have the, the false idea that – if you've got a family, then you've just got to settle for whatever you can get. And I don't think you believe that. I don't believe that. And, and it's our faith a lot of the time that primarily drives us. So, so how important, how did you work that into your family life and your business life and, and still give the time you needed to those, to both of those avenues? You know, I have to literally give, uh, the majority of that, uh, was choosing the right woman to marry in the beginning. Honestly, uh, that was the, Greatest decision I ever made in my life 25 plus years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and because of her, uh, she happened to be of the same faith and it allowed us the opportunity of when times got tough, uh, we kind of always had the philosophy. It's kind of that whole P 
pyramid type of relationship or triangle relationship with husband, wife, and God. Mm-hmm. And as long as uh, the two of us are both trying to get closer to God, uh, the two of us get closer as well. And yeah. so we've been fortunate to, to really, both of us have, have very, very strong faith and belief that uh, we were put on this earth for a reason and a purpose and a passion. And part of that was to, to be parents, to raise our children, uh, but most importantly, also to give back. And we tried to, to teach our kids the importance of that. And for me, that uh, giving back really has always started uh, with, with a lot of my faith and uh, tithing and uh, everything else associated with that. Right. So then you do, and if I recall correctly, listening to your podcast myself, you and your wife do date nights on a regular basis, correct? We do. All right. It's extremely important. It's, uh, (laughs) that's exactly how important has that been in keeping the relationship together? Well, it's one of those things. Anytime it's not working, it's because the date night stopped. It's (laughs) it's direct correlation. It's like, it is direct correlation. If it, if all of a sudden life gets real busy and uh, we skip a date night weaker. And what I've realized is, uh, it's more than just a date night. Um, I, you know, we joke around about this whole idea as far as date night and soon all of a sudden it becomes kind of a checkbox type of thing where you're like, well, you know what? We were both at the kid's game and we both were watching the kids there. Well, you know, doesn't that count as a date night? I'm like, nah, no. I quickly found out that does not. <laughs> it, uh, it's much more than just being together. I look at it more instead of a date night, it's more of a courting night. Yeah. And I need to continue to court my wife. Absolutely. I when I, whenever I stop courting my wife or think that uh, just because we're in the same car driving together or at the same ballpark, uh, trying to think that's a date that that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. So now your sons are obviously watching you close and, and your, uh, is it your oldest son that got married? It is. Okay. So when you look at your kids, now this is something my wife and I, I, I have three daughter-in-laws now and, uh, and four grandsons or four grandkids. Sorry. I actually, we actually have one granddaughter now. So do you ever look at your son and find that he's modeling what you and your wife are doing or, or does it seem like they're doing their own thing? Oh, no, there, there's definitely a ton of modeling that's happened. Uh, a ton of modeling, sometimes to a fault. But um, <laughs> no, I can tell you the, uh, and I've been really, really blessed to have a great relationship with all four of my boys individually. Um, and I've, I've been super open with them about every topic, whether it was business or faith or sex or whatever it was. It's just a, a very, very open door policy with that kind of stuff. I think because of that, um, when there was questions, you know, as far as who should I marry and how does this come about, uh, I was blessed to, to be able to be pretty involved in those kind of conversations. And I think, uh, in fact, he and his wife moved in with us. Uh, so they've been married 15 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved in with us three months ago and just uh, got their own place up here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really a great experience to be able to, they had their first year of being together uh, before they moved up here to Idaho. Right. And, and to, to really get to know Fran at a much closer relationship with her actually living in our house was just a massive, massive privilege. Um, and then to see them kind of go out and have their own place now and really doing their own thing. My oldest son's name is Chandler. And so he's gone off and has really kind of followed a lot of the same type of path I have as an, as far as being an entrepreneur, he's got his own digital agency. He's building having a ton of success at it. And it's neat for me to see, uh, Fran is actually from Chile. And mm-hmm. so we have that dynamic of, of a new culture being brought in as well. But it's been neat for me to see how, um, I know for her, 
she didn't, uh, her parents divorced when they were young and she never really felt close uh, to a male role model before. And so I've had that opportunity of really not only trying to be father-in-law, but more so also at times a, a male mentor. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been a ton of fun. I've, it's something I, I, again, I count my blessings all the time to, to be able to have been that close to her this early part of their marriage. Right. So just backing up for a second, the being open part, do you think that was a contributing factor to you? The fact that your son is modeling a lot of, of what your wife I would think so for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So my point here is to the guys that are listening, a lot of guys, they, they think that, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And typically the one thing that men want for their kids is to not be like them. And so, so, you know, scripturally speaking is that, you know, you got Paul in there who's saying, follow me, be like me, you know, do the things I do. So we as fathers shouldn't be afraid to say the same, but we live in a culture that kind of knocks that down a notch. So I think, you know, you are a great example of, and I, and I figured you were pretty open about it with your boys. You're a great example of how important it is to be open so that kids can model. Because I've said many times that your kids are who you are, not who you want them to be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've said it a million times. I told my boys, I said, hey, okay, I've been stuck here, but you can go out, you can be anything, you can see the world, go do it. And they're all here. <laughs> so, so I joke, oh, well, I'm going to have to move so that you guys will go see something. You know? <laughs> but, but yeah, so no, that's a, that's a great point. So, so really then, back, backing up even a little further, what part does your faith play in your balance? Uh, it's number one. Number one, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, for me, I know that, uh, I, I, and maybe it's just a fact I've got a lot of gray hair, and, or at least what's remaining <laughs> hasn't already fallen out, it's because I've, I've got a lot of battle scars from uh, just learning life and doing life. And I think uh, it's the one thing I've learned is that uh, when, life, when life gets hard, you get the opportunity either running away from God or running to God. Mm-hmm. And I've done it both ways, and it's always worked out better when I ran to him. Uh, it's as frustrating as hard as it is. There's, and again, I've uh, we've had a lot of just even tr- again, everybody's got them. You, know, you have trials in life, mm-hmm. but I think as I take a look at those trials, you get through them one way or the other. And the key is who did you become through those trials? And I look at. Uh, I become a much better version of, of who I am if through those trials I'm going through it with the Lord versus if I'm going trying to do this all on my own. Yeah. I'm going to get through it regardless, but the outcome at the end is much better from my personal experience when I've been involved the Lord and my father in heaven and going through it. Uh, when I don't, it's, I'll get through it, but I then have a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> catching up to do. Yeah, I think it makes the difference between stepping out the other end and getting spit out the other end. That's very true. That's a great way of looking at it. I've been spit out quite a few times. I definitely prefer stepping out. Yeah, as have I. So then, what's your opinion about men's potential? Granted, being the father of all boys, this gives you the prime opportunity for a great perspective. What do you feel uh, Scripture's potential for men really is? I mean, I'm not going to ask you what men do now. But what do you feel is the, the, the Christian potential? Oh, I think, again, I, you take a look at the scriptures. It it's always points to be as I am, mm-hmm. do as I do. 
And so I think uh, that I look at, at man's potential is to become just like our father in heaven, to just do everything we possibly can to adapt as many of those qualities, as many of those traits. You take a look at the Savior's life and how he walked and, and talked and how he treated people. And I think there's, when you take a look at man's potential is to do just that, is to be able to reach out and to become better, to become a, to leave the world and to leave your families in a better situation because you were here. And I look at uh, so often too many people are trying to shirk that responsibility. And I think the, the key is to, to lean into that responsibility, take it, shoulder it, realize that it's your God-given responsibility and opportunity and to whom much is given, much is required. And I look at uh, where we are today and there's people who have a ton of opportunity who do nothing with it. And then those people who struggle for every single thing. And yet, again, it, it, it's the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you've got a person who's got five and is given five more. And a person's given two and is given two more. And the person who has one does nothing with it. It's taken away. Yeah. And so I think the same thing happens in life where uh, the Lord gives you talents. He gives you blessings. He gives you opportunities. It's up to you to make the most of them. Absolutely. So, so then you're probably like me. You look at people sometimes and you're like, that person has, that guy has so much more potential than he's really pushing on. And, uh, you know, it's like, a, you know, I say it almost every episode, Tower of Babel. That's the only time God ever came down that, I, that I'm aware of, looked at something and went, huh. Because it takes a lot to make God go, huh? <laughs> All right. And so, and he's impressed and he says, now nothing they purpose to do will be impossible for them, which means that mankind was designed out the gate to accomplish anything he put his mind to. So how much more now? Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. So no, that's excellent. So then what would your advice be to Christian men who are struggling with that? Guys who are stuck, guys who you know, guy's got a mortgage, guy's got a car payment, and he thinks that he can't ever do anything else. And as a result, back to the, your kids are who you are, not who you want them to be, uh, knows that his kids aren't going to go any further than he did either, unless they're exceptional, which is not impossible, but, but not the norm. You know, we've all been there. I mean, I don't, you don't get through this life with, I mean, I've been many times when I was like, how in the world am I going to pay the mortgage? <laughs> yeah. Times where I wasn't able to, and months went by and I had to make that up. Um, but the key is how you, how do you deal with that? I mean, do you, do you sit there and curse God and, and get angry or do you say, all right, you know what? We're going to pray a little harder. We're going to work a little smarter. We're going to, again, I, I'm a huge believer in, you know what? You do everything as if it all depends on you and you pray as if everything depends on the Lord. And I think that, uh, there's, I, I, man, I get it. I totally get it. I have been there and I know what it's like when, you and your wife aren't seeing eye to eye. And when there's not enough, there's way more month than there is money. And when the kids and life isn't going how you want there, I mean, that's, that's a part of it. And I think we're given those opportunities and those trials to, to test us. Uh, it's to see, are you willing, are you willing to get through it? And as you get through it on the other side, you become a better person and who the Lord can then trust to, to give more and to do more with. Mm-hmm. I think you got to, I think you prove yourself to yourself first. Uh, The Lord already knows what you're capable of. I think at times we just don't realize how much we really are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love 
I grew up with my mom telling me a ton of the Old Testament stories. And I just, I love every single one of them. And whether it's, you know, Abraham and sitting there about ready to offer a son, he's like, you know, Lord, what do I do? And all of a sudden there's the ram. And I think that's how it is in life. It's where you get to the very breaking edge and there will always be a ram in the thicket. They're just, the Lord will provide a way, but you may be pushed much further than you think you're going to have to be pushed. You may have to hike all the way up to the top of Mount Moriah. You may have to put your son on the altar. You may have to, you, you don't know how far that's going to go. And unfortunately, none of us want to have to get to that very breaking point. But I think that's what, uh, again, that's part of life. That's how it's done. I mean, gosh, we can go on and on about, you know, tons of different scriptures. And, oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's, that's how it is. That's, that is God's purpose for us as he wants us to return, to live with him, to be like him. Well, to do that, you're going to have to go through some stuff. <laughs> the Savior had to go through a whole bunch of stuff while he was here. So you can't think you're going to get through it without going through some stuff too. Yeah. Nobody's here by accident. No, no. I just wish more guys believe that, but that's what this is about. So, all right. So the question of the hour, this is the one that I ask everybody. So if you could change one thing in the church, what would that one thing be? I would want people to be a little more kind. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I just think, I think these days people are just so hard on other, on each other. And it's like, really? I mean, you're supposedly Christian and you read everything and yet you don't act the way that you're saying. And I think it is for all of us just, just to be a, I see it on social media. I see it as people that are talking to their kids. I see it as people are talking to their spouses. I'm like, really? That's the best thing you can do right now. I just, I don't know. I just say, be a little more kind. Death by comparison. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Totally get that. All right. So Dave, I want to thank you for coming on today. Just hang loose for a second. Uh, for those of you that are listening, you can, if you were listening to this and you want to watch it, you can find this video on Facebook or YouTube. Just look for the sedated man. You can also find us on Instagram, but not the video. Obviously you can just talk to me. If you'd like to talk to me directly, it's Mike at the sedated man.com. You can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, and Spotify. And of course, as always, the show notes will be on patreon.com slash the sedated man. And once again, Dave, thank you very, very much. My pleasure.